1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, a little bit of context of this chapter in chapter 18. Uh, that's, the, that's the chapter where Elijah has had the confrontation on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. And he's called fire down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice and um, they, had, they had been in a famine. He has 12 barrels of water poured on the altar. And, and then he calls the fire down from heaven. It comes down, consumes the sacrifice. Um, the altar licks up the water around the sacrifice. And to me, this, this story is really one of the more, I would say, sensational stories and in, in all of the scripture, I mean, uh, dramatic, um, pretty, uh, pretty cool. If I could use a '80s term, pretty cool to to watch, um, to have been there and seen this happen, and even not have, uh, for those of us that weren't there, but to read about what happened and and imagine um, what took place there, seeing. Uh, the, the prophets of Baal as they were crying out to their God and nothing happens. And then it, it's Elijah's turn and he steps up and, and um, I personally think he very calmly, I, I, another one of those things in which I use my imagination on, I don't think, uh, I really don't think that Elijah was in some kind of um, uh, or was was screaming and straining and popping blood vessels, calling out to God. I, I really personally just imagine him pretty calmly just uh, saying a basic prayer and then fire falls from heaven. And, and again, this just very, very dramatic event. You, you would think that kind of from that moment, uh, everything would have sort of gone um, just uh, uh, wonderful, um, awesome for Elijah. You would have, you would think, I would think that Elijah would have been ready to, to basically take on the world after this, after this great miracle. He would have, he, he would have been just kind of a bring it on attitude. Let's go. Uh, but it's kind of interesting because that's not at all what happens. Jezebel issues some threats. And so Elijah goes from this mountaintop experience to now um, fearing for his life and running for his life. And so that brings us to chapter 19. Um, and, and so this is the, the, the scenario here is Elijah is running for his life. And he actually is asking God to just kill him. He goes from the top of Mount Carmel in this amazing experience to now asking God to just go ahead and kill him. And so verse number nine of chapter 19 says, he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, 
thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Now, it doesn't say this, but really to me the implication is, and the Lord was in it. He wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the fire, but he was in the still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? I want to just talk to you for a few minutes this evening on that still, small voice. The still, small voice. The Amplified actually says verse number 12 like this, And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of gentle stillness, a still, small voice. A sound of gentle stillness. I, I, I'm pretty sure is, is the case with most things. I, I really believe that anything God does, anything God allows in our lives, there's there's usually multiple layers, multiple levels of what God is doing, what God is saying. And, and, and I realize in some situations that may not be the case, but I think a lot of times that that's the case. There's not just one single thing that God is trying to, communicate there's there's a variety of things there's there's uh, maybe you could say degrees of things that God is is trying to communicate I, I think that's the case with us in our own personal lives situations that are about us individually but I I absolutely believe that's the case when it comes to things um, like we've gone through this year that impact many of us, where it's not just our own personal uh, situation, it's stuff that, that we all are affected by, we all are impacted by. I, I really believe that in those kinds of situations, there, there, are, there are multiple things that God is doing and saying. I, I, I think another example could be the, the collapse of the building in 2003. There were things about that and uh, that, that God was doing to impact us as a body. Um, but I also think most of us were impacted in, in individual ways 
um, by what took place when the building collapsed. And so this year, obviously, I, I, I feel like I, I did a couple of months ago trying to get through a, uh, a service or a broadcast without mentioning the C word. Um, but nevertheless, it's kind of reared its ugly head here the last couple of weeks uh, again. And so here we are. Um, and, and I think uh, Bishop referenced uh, on, on Antioch United last night some things that uh, God was, was, has been doing, things that God has been trying to say through us throughout this year. And I think one of the things that all of us need to glean from this year as we continue forward in our own lives individually, but also as we continue forward as a, as, as a part of the body of Christ, I think there needs to be a greater reliance on and a greater trusting in the still small voice. The thing that has always intrigued me about this passage is the, th the three things that are mentioned uh, that took place when, when the Lord calls Elijah to the mouth of the cave. I mean, these are very, uh, very sensational things that, that happen. There, there is this, uh, this strong wind and, and, and the mountains are rent and, and they break, uh, the rocks break into pieces. I mean, that is just, Wow, that, that grabs your attention. That is, that is a, a very uh, fun, 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 phenomenal occurrence here. But the Lord was not in it. And then, then from this great wind, we, we, we have an earthquake and, and, and another very sensational thing. I think it was... Uh, seems to me from this this verse, it was pretty apparent to Elijah that <laughs> these were sort of uh, uh, personalized uh, occurrences, um, especially the fact that they kind of happened one right after the other. It, it, I would think it was pretty obvious to Elijah that God is is causing each one of these things, and yet following each one of these things, we're told that the Lord was not in it. He wasn't in the, the, the hype, if you will. He wasn't in the, the sensational attention-grabbing events that were taking place. He wasn't in the lights. He wasn't in the smoke. He, he, he wasn't in all the production. There was a still, small voice. Surely by now, as believers, we have developed a little more confidence, a little more reliance at this point in the year on that still small voice. I, I, I miss gathering together for a church service. I, 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 I love that. That is, that is one of the highlights of, of my week. And it's not just about the fact that most of the time I am, am preaching. It's, it's whether I'm preaching or not for the, the weeks and weeks that uh, Brother Hurt was with us a couple of months ago. 
Uh, I was just as excited, just as much look forward to gathering together uh, with the body of Christ, whether I was preaching or not. I, 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 seems like maybe it's a rare thing these days, but I, I love church. I love being together for church. I love what happens in a church service. I know that's not the extent of what we do. I know there's more to all of this than a church service. I completely support that. But at the same time, I I love that. I love what happens. I, I love the moves of God that we experience. I, I love sitting and listening to a man or woman of God deliver a word from God, and you know you're hearing from God. I, I, I love watching when the Spirit breaks out and, and the people respond in that. I, I mentioned it, I, I think, either Thursday night or last Sunday morning. I can't remember, but I think in one of those, I, I mentioned Youth Congress, and especially the last couple of uh, National Youth Congresses that have taken place in St. Louis and in Indianapolis, where we've been in football stadiums, indoor football stadiums with tens of thousands of apostolics. And, and, and there's been a couple of times where literally I looked around the entire arena and, and I'm not about to say that every single person in that arena was, was responding and worshiping, but the very high majority was responding to the point there have been a few times and and I've actually I think I've, I've videoed it a couple times on my phone that as 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 I sort of scanned the arena it literally was like everybody in that place was bouncing that that I, it was almost impossible to to not or it was almost impossible to see someone that was not uh, sort of caught up in that and responding to the power and the presence of God. And and uh, we've had some powerful moves of God at Antioch and in the sanctuary, and I'm very grateful for those. And and uh, not to compare one to the other, they're just, I guess they're each one is a little bit unique, but it's, it's a pretty amazing experience standing with 20,000 plus people uh, and, and, and worshiping and caught up in worship. It's a wonderful thing, but in some ways you can put that in the category of the wind, the earthquake, the fire that Elijah experienced. Now, I will say, I believe God was in those things. Unlike what the scripture says here, I believe God was in those football stadiums. I believe God is in the sanctuary. But, but the point is, if we're not careful, we can become sort of dependent upon those things. We can sort of become uh, addicted to those things that, that the only way we can sort of get our strength renewed to, to keep going, the only thing that really renews our uh, faith and confidence and trust in God is an earthquake, a wind or fire. But it was it was the it was the still small voice. It was a sound. I, I like the way the Amplified says that a sound of gentle stillness. A sound of gentle stillness. Not an arena going crazy, not a church service where everybody's going crazy, but it was a sound 
of gentle stillness. You know, what's really, I guess, encouraging to me about this is it's, it's, I can't reproduce Youth Congress 2019. I can't reproduce Youth Congress 2017. I can go back and watch a video of those, whether it's on my phone or videos that are available online, but it's just, it's not the same. I, I can't produce, and here we are once again, uh, quarantining and not gathering together. And so I, I can't manufacture uh, a couple of hundred people together in a sanctuary. But what is extremely encouraging to me about this passage is the thing that God was in, that still small voice, all of us have direct access to that. We don't need a crowd. We don't need musicians and singers. We, we, we don't need a, a certain setting. We, we, we don't need any of those things. The still small voice, the sound of gentle stillness that God was in with Elijah is something that every one of us have access to all the time. We have had some awesome services over the last several months. We've, we've had some great moves of God the last several months, and I look forward to more of those in the future. But I, I, I do feel that it is absolutely essential for us to not be reliant upon those things as the sole source of how we receive what we need from God. I, 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 feel, like, um, I feel like there's almost an autoimmune disease today of attacking what we do. Uh, the things that we, are, we, we do as, as believers, um, and I guess I'll say especially as apostolics, that, uh, that there, there's an autoimmune disease that within us we attack what we do. So I'm not here to do that. I love what we do. I love the way we worship. I, I, I love apostolic preaching. I love apostolic teaching. I realize that there, there very well may be some preachers that when they preach, uh, they, they, they sort of get caught up in maybe what you could call culture and, and uh, style. But there's also a lot of men and women of God who I've been privileged to hear preach that um, they, they got with it, but you could tell, you could feel, it wasn't just style, it wasn't performance, it wasn't, they weren't just manufacturing something, it was, it was the passion, it was the anointing, um, it, it was the faith that they had, and the, the faith of the people that was connecting with that, and, and so I, I, I love, personally, I love all of those things. I, I, I enjoy them if I, could, if I could say it that way. But again, we've seen this year in a, in a firsthand way like never before 
we have got to be sensitive. We've got to know how to hear a still, small voice. I want to read to you a little bit from the Bible exposition commentary and what it says about this still, small voice, this experience that Elijah had. After this dramatic display of power, there was a still, small voice, which has also been translated a gentle whisper, a tone of a gentle blowing. A gentle whisper, a tone of a gentle blowing. When the prophet heard that voice, he stepped out of the cave and met the Lord. The mighty power and the great noise of the previous exhibitions didn't stir Elijah. But when he heard the still, small voice, he recognized the voice of God. For the second time, he heard the same question. What are you doing here, Elijah? And once again, Elijah repeated the same self-centered, evasive answer. He was saying to Elijah, God was saying to Elijah, you called fire from heaven. You had the prophets of Baal slain and you prayed down a terrific rainstorm, but now you feel like a failure. But you must realize that I don't usually work in a manner that's loud, impressive, and dramatic. My still small voice brings the, wor brings the word to the listening ear and heart. Yes, there's a time and place for the wind the earthquake and the fire, but most of the time I speak to people in tones of gentle love and quiet persuasion. The Lord wasn't condemning the courageous ministry of his servant. He was only reminding Elijah that he uses many different tools to accomplish his work. God's word comes down like the gentle shower that refreshes, cleanses, and produces life. In this day of mammoth meetings, loud music, and high-pressure promotion, it's difficult for some people to understand that God rarely works by means of the, of the dramatic and the colossal. God rarely works by means of the dramatic and the colossal. When he wanted to stir the Jewish nation, he sent a baby Isaac. And when he wanted to deliver that nation from bondage, he sent another baby, Moses. He sent a teenager named David to kill the Philistine giant, and the boy used a sling and a stone to do it. When God wanted to save a world, he sent his son as a weak and helpless baby. And today, God seeks to reach that world through the ministry of earthen vessels. Oswald Sanders states, that the whispers from Calvary are infinite, infinitely more potent than the thunder of Sinai in bringing men to repentance. The whispers from Calvary are infinitely more potent than the thunder of Sinai in bringing men to repentance. That it kind of reminds me, that last paragraph kind of reminds me of part of what I touched on this morning. That the, the weakness of God, the weakness of God is, is greater than the strength of men. 
we there there's a saying nowadays gets used in sort of a whole variety of context circumstances and that that saying is go big or go home <laughs> go big or go home that is if if you're going to do something then do it over the top i mean uh, make it as grand and awesome and spectacular as you can. And even if you fail at doing it, at least you, I mean, you give it everything you've got. Go big or go home. You know what? I don't think God is really that pressed by a go big or go home mentality. I don't think God is stressing out over go big or go home in your life and in my life. In fact, I think God is pretty comfortable with showing up in that still small voice. The, the, the Bible says in uh, Revelation, I think it's 3 and 20, if I'm not mistaken, the Lord says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I, I, I really think that um, the context there of of standing at the door and knocking. I, I, I've always sort of imagined that verse that he's standing there and it's it's a very gentle knock. That it's not a, he's not pounding on the door of our hearts. He's not trying to beat down the door of our hearts, but there is just, it, it is, it's so gentle and quiet that if we're not careful, we don't even hear it. I think that's what's going on with, every unsaved person in this world. There's a knock according to the word of God. He stands at the door and knocks. He says, if you'll, if you'll let me come in, I'll sup with you. I'll fellowship with you. But I think there's a lot of people that if you were to stop them on the street, say, is God knocking on the door of your heart? No, no absolutely not. Why? Because it's, it's a still small knock. Again, he's not, there's no sledgehammer, there's no pounding. He's not frantically trying to somehow get our attention to get in. It's just a gentle, still, small voice. I wonder how many times in my own life, I think you probably could say a similar thing. I wonder how many times in a, in a, in a moment of struggle, in a, in a valley that I've been walking through, that I've been looking around waiting for the wind, waiting for the earthquake, waiting on the fire to fall from heaven. And because I was so focused on those things, I missed that there was a gentle, still, small, voice. There's really nothing that can bring a calmness to our spirits, to our minds, to our emotions, like that still, small voice. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse number 2. He says, But he that enter, entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and 
leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He calls his sheep by name, and they hear his voice. He goes out before them and leads them, and they follow his voice. I've preached it a number of times now, but the story of Jacob and the, uh, the scheming that his mother and, and, and he did to get the blessing from Isaac. And as Jacob goes in to his dying father and asks for the blessing, the Bible tells us that he, he reaches out and he feels Jacob's arms and, and the uh, scheme that Jacob and his mother had come up with. He, he put uh, sheepskin on his arms because Esau was hairy. And so uh, Isaac reaches out and feels Jacob's arms. And he says, it feels like Esau but it's the voice of Jacob. It feels like Esau, but it's the voice of Jacob. And as the story goes, Isaac made his decision off of what he felt rather than what he heard and was deceived into giving the blessing to Jacob rather than Esau. The, the devil, I've, I, I think I talked this recently on a Thursday night, the devil is an imitator. You read throughout scripture, that's one of his uh, primary tactics. The Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. He is an imitator. And he does a really great job at imitating some things. And if we're not careful, we can judge by those things that can be imitated you know what? He cannot imitate the voice of God. To the child of God who has learned to be sensitive to the voice of God, the enemy, he might be able to mimic a feeling. He, he might be able to duplicate a sensation, but he cannot imitate the voice, that still small voice. Jesus did not say, my sheep know my feeling. He didn't say, my, my sheep come in to the sheepfold because they recognize my feeling. He said, they come because they recognize my voice. Further down in that same chapter, verse number 27, Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I think one of the uh, great challenges over the last several years, not that it's a brand new thing, but I, I think again through especially technology, it has provided a whole nother level of challenges to us. And, and that is uh, watching and listening to uh, preaching and worship music and singing that that the songs that are being sung are songs that are intended to be songs of praise and worship. 
obviously messages that are being preached that are in, intended to be, uh, you know, scriptural, biblical messages. And, and, and we, look at the, uh, we look at the vessel, uh, we look at perhaps the lifestyle of the person, and, and we struggle with how could that person possibly not be saved. Look at, you know, look at how awesome their singing is. Look at how great the message they preached and, and what I felt and, 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 and the sensation that has gone along with that. But that's not what we measure by. That's not what we judge by. We don't use the wind, the earthquake, and the fire to determine the validity of something. We trust in the voice. We go by the voice. Another similar thing I've used many times along these lines is is that of Moses coming before Pharaoh. Comes in there, let my people go, and throws down his rod and becomes a serpent. But Pharaoh was not really impressed by that and calls his magicians over and they do the same thing. Moses, Moses did not change his message in that moment because they were able to do the same thing. He didn't all of a sudden say, oh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh, forget that request to, to let these people go free. We're, we're, all, we're all one. We're all on the same team here. We're, we're all doing the same thing. He didn't do that. Why didn't he do that? I think one of the reasons that he didn't do that is because he had had an experience where he was in the wilderness. And yes, I realized that a bush burning and not being consumed is pretty sensational. But the really the most important part of that scenario is really not the bush burning and not be, being consumed. What was really more important was the voice that spoke to Moses out of that bush. And so when he stood there that day before Pharaoh saying, let my people go and Pharaoh's magicians imitated the same thing that Moses did. I think what Moses went back to was the voice. He didn't go back to putting his arm into his bosom and pulling it out leprous and putting it back in and pulling it out and it was whole. He, he didn't go back to that rod that he threw down that became a serpent and he picks it up and it becomes a rod again. That, I don't think that's what Moses went back to in that moment standing before Pharaoh. I think it was that voice. I realize I readily acknowledge to you the scripture does not tell us the volume of the voice out of that bush, but I, I think the pattern that I find throughout scripture would indicate that the voice out of that bush was not some thundering voice from heaven. We, we know that, you know, those that try to go around and intimidate people, are, they're not really those that are the strong ones. A person that really has authority doesn't go around, uh, you know, sort of bragging about their authority, making everyone submit to their authority. Some of the most powerful people with, with the most authority are, 
are, are they're, they're, they're not loud and boisterous and in your face because they know what they have. They know who they are. And I think God is the ultimate when it comes to that. He knows he doesn't have to yell and scream and holler to get everyone's attention. He understands the power of his voice, the still, small voice. We got a couple more weeks to go here in 2020, and based on the last couple of weeks, I, I would have thought that we were kind of home free, but um, the way the last two weeks have gone, uh, that's not quite the case. So um, who knows what the next uh, three and a half or four weeks, whatever it is, uh, that are left hold. Who knows? I, I I would like to think that um, we have we have hit the pinnacle of of the unusual abnormal for the year. But I, I have to tell you at this point, um, I, I'm I'm not um, not counting on that anymore. There's been too many uh, surprises along the way. So who knows? And I'm not trying to be negative or or. Uh, say something to cause fear or anxiety but because the Lord has brought us through to this point but who knows but I, I I hope I know this has been a very simple thought this evening um, I, I wish in moments like this that I was uh, knew that I was wowing you with such deep spiritual revelation um, that's that's what my flesh wants but uh, that's not necessarily what the Lord wants, I think. And so I, I, I want to challenge you. And I think there's a good chance whether you really have recognized it before tonight or not. Part of the reason you are where you are, part of the reason you have made it to this point is because somehow maybe it's been more of a subconscious thing for you. But that still small voice has spoken into your life and it's given you the reassurance. It's given you the direction. It's given you the hope. It's given you the courage that you needed. And can I, can I challenge you or encourage you maybe would be a better way. I, I, I believe uh, that when the scripture says that it was a still small voice that Elijah heard. I, I believe Elijah heard that still small voice. I believe he heard God speak to him in the way scripture says it. But I, I want to encourage you not to limit that still small voice to being necessarily uh, a, a still small voice. And what I mean by that is this. Don't miss that a scripture popping into your mind that is relevant to what you're dealing with, is, is, uh, is connected to what you're going through. Don't miss that as the still small voice. God very well may speak to you and I directly but we know that one of the one of the ways in which we can get a rhema from God 
is by the Logos, the written Word of God being quickened to us. So maybe that still small voice at some point in the last couple of months has, has been a verse. Maybe a commonly known verse. Doesn't have to be some hidden gem that you don't really recall or remember. It, it might be as something as common as the Lord is my shepherd. It may be something as common as he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. That, that may be the still, small voice that God is using. I think over the last couple of days, this is not something necessarily new, but as the Lord has directed my wife over the last several days, I, I think some of you have heard the still, small voice through a song. So, yeah, let's take advantage of every opportunity we have to come together Let's take advantage of Youth Congress and pause and call to war and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Thursday nights and youth camp and all the other things that we get a chance to do from time to time and have great powerful moves of God. Let's, let's, let's not stop doing that. Let's, let's do that as much as we can. But let's not also forget that in some of the most critical times, some of the most critical moments in our lives, it's a still, small voice. It's not some dramatic, sensational, lights, camera, action moment. It's a quiet, gentle voice. It's a, it's a calm, reassuring voice that is ultimately really what's going to get us through. Father, I pray this evening. Lord, I, I hope and pray that as I have shared what you've given me to share this evening, that there's been some revelation that's come to some and, and maybe they have recognized that that still small voice has been there. It has been getting them through. But I also pray for those maybe that have not even realized it. It's not that, that, it, it's not that it hasn't been there. It's not that that still small voice hasn't been speaking, but we've been so focused on, on trying to get an earthquake, trying to get wind, trying to get fire. We've We've been so focused on something sensational that we've missed the significance of that still, small voice. Let us be sheep, Lord, that know your voice. Let us be sheep that are attuned, that we are in tune to the sound of your voice. That we're led by that voice. Lord, that when there's, when there's chaos and confusion, when there's turmoil around us, when there are all kinds of things going on that, that, that are contributing to fear and worry and doubt and our emotions being uh, heightened, that, that in the midst of all of that, Lord, we would be able to recognize a still, small voice. Because, God, I, I believe you are in 
that voice. You may not be in the wind. You may not be in the earthquake. You, you actually may not be in the fire, as awesome as it all may seem. But God, we can be confident that you, your presence, is in that still, small voice. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Lord, you said in your word to, to those that had ears to hear, let them hear. And so I'm praying tonight, God, that you would, you would give us ears to hear. Lord, if our spiritual ears have become at all dull to hearing that still, small voice, I pray that you would restore our hearing Restore our spiritual hearing, God, that in the midst of all the chaos and the confusion of the world we're in and whatever tomorrow may hold, God, whether that's things that we're going to go through collectively or the things that are going to come in our tomorrows that impact us individually, let us be able to walk through those things, being able to hear your still small voice. Help us not to, to confine how you speak to us, Lord, how we hear that still small voice. Help us to recognize and realize that, that there are different ways at different times. And so whatever the method you choose, God, I pray that you would give us the ears that we need to be able to hear that still small voice when it speaks direction, when it speaks encouragement, when it speaks peace, when it speaks hope. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for sharing some of your time with me this evening.